0: Welcome back to the Back Pocket Podcast, the only podcast that was as dead as the AFL wishes the bump was for two weeks. Oh, it's yours. <laughs> I'm your host, Alastair Hampton, and today I'm joined by our very special guest for this week, Jordan Clark. Welcome to the podcast, man. How are you doing? <laughs> I mean we could probably we could probably master that if we really needed to. No, we like, could just fake it. Yeah, you oh, just we pretend could. to be That's Jordan true. Clark for a week. I do... <laughs> It's a it's a non visual podcast, you can't kick Considering it. Considering how badly I went at cricket
1: last week, I'd like to at least pretend to be him while bowling. Um, mm. I do want to say I've got this, like, prepared because I want to say that you are to blame completely for this because last week when we no talked about the podcast, about? Well, last week, uh, last episode, uh, this is how you finished it. We'll see. COVID will stuff us up. <laughs> <laughs> and then we spent two weeks completely screwed by COVID um, from, from, like... <laughs> Just mere days after you were like, "Covid <laughs> will stuff us up." Like, symptoms started to kick in. We couldn't leave the house. I'm still, I'm still stuffed. Yeah, I, I, the fatigue is crazy. Um, I wasn't prepared for that. Like, I, I was like, "Oh, I'm better." I got back to work, and then I tried to do anything other than just work, and I was dead. I can't believe you played indoor cricket. I would have collapsed You play, did collapse Played as a stretch Yeah yeah Played as a stretch <laughs> um, So we'll tear through The first couple of weeks Of votes um, Yeah we're doing Quick fire rounds Because quick fire. we
0: don't have time To talk about all of this i got a busy day Of doing nothing ahead of me Absolutely
1: uh, One sentence summaries Maybe If, if that So If, if you're you lucky would, You want to go round five One through five Yeah you go first Alright uh, So my one went to Josh Battle um, Thought it's he was really choice. solid He's probably played better games But I think it was just The week where he snuck in It was before he played In the Ruck I guess Tom Stewart got my two uh, that was Ooh. his first real good game for the year yep. that, that week. Played really well. Then they put him on the wing next week, which is a bit of a joke. Uh, James Sicily, fantastic again. Got my three. Uh, yep. Jack Sinclair got four. I thought he was ah. really damaging that game. Um, and Stephen May got my five. That was just a, another ridiculous May effort. Um, he's having another really good year to back it up. Um, but, yeah, that's my one, two, three, four, five.
0: For round five. Roll it through. All right. I'm going for mine. Uh, I'm giving one vote to Jack Sinclair. I think he's a bit underrated by us on this podcast. We don't really give him votes. Uh, Mainly because the killed games are hard to watch. Yeah. Um. Two going to Luke McDonald, another completely underrated player from us. I think after round five, he played a bit more in the midfield, so he won't feature again uh, in any of these other votes. But he's bloody good. Uh, three votes to Brennan Cox, probably the most underrated defender in the AFL overall. Genuinely 100%. playing really good footy. Uh, four votes, James Sicily, his cracker. Uh, five votes, Stephen May. You can't. He's he's fucking good. Yep. Well, I uh, score for um, him. There both go. got five
1: for that. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Easy. Uh Your Round turn. six, um, I had my one vote <laughs> to Sam De Koning. Um Ah, yeah, fair enough. Thought he was really good. Uh, Zach We got my two. Those two just rebounded that whole game. Played really well. Uh, Dude got my three. Mm-hmm. Um, do not think Adelaide could have played that game uh, without him. Uh, Jeremy oh. Howe got four, finally, got in my votes. And Luke Ryan got five for a ridiculous game. Um, he probably should be in more votes this year as well. Yeah. Been a, yeah, tough start, but he played really well again.
0: Uh, so most of my votes, most of the votes you just gave are my honorable mentions, which is why this podcast is so weird. Yep. Um, my number one vote goes to Billy Frampton. Hey. No, one, no one saw that coming. I
1: genuinely had written for that week. Is Billy Frampton good now? He's okay. Um, and I've i had him at one vote for mo- one or two for most of the weekend, and he just slid out. But
0: yeah, I squeezed Do Day out for him. Um, yep. Two votes, Brennan Cox again, fantastic, underrated. Uh, three votes: Zach Tui. His rebound in that game, in particular, Incredible. was insane. Yep. Uh, four votes: Nick Flossten. One of the best defenders Amazing in the AFL. Richmond the need him. Yes, <laughs> all the time. Uh, five votes: Jeremy Howe. Yep. <clears throat> Incredible.
1: Understandable. Uh, well, that's five and six done.
0: Easy. Go. This podcast easy. Yeah. Roll through it. Um, <laughs> round seven. Woo! <laughs> oh, that was too loud. Yep. Sorry. I
1: guess I <laughs> audio that down. Um, round seven. Moving into the real votes. Uh, real votes.
0: Yeah, the other rounds don't count because we had COVID.
1: Um, my special mention was again Dakoning. I thought he was really good. Uh,
0: Are we doing honourable mentions first?
1: Two weeks in a row. Yeah, I'm gonna do a couple. Um, Stephen May almost got votes one again this week, but um, I felt like that there was enough of a team defence. That game Lever was also really good, but Bowie was did also you, really good.
0: Did you see what Hawthorne did to Stephen May? He can't get votes at all. He can't even get an honourable mention. The only reason they were in that game is because they played off him the entire game. It's true. It's true.
1: He had um, no chance. Jordan Dawson actually played backline for a change rather it's than nice. Adelaide having him on the wing. like, oh, yeah, Adelaide having him on the wing. They're um, trying to make
0: him a, like a centre square a midfielder. Mid. Yeah. It's weird. He played a really
1: great game off the back flank again. Uh, Angus Brayshaw yet again, um, He's rolling solid. off the flank, playing great football. Uh, Adam Starr and Jane Short are my other two special mentions. Oh, and Nick Lawson again. Yeah, I got Nick Lawson my special mentions. Um, my one vote, yet again. Oh, let me do my oh, yeah, one mentions. mentions. Uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, we'll sorry, just yeah. get them out of the way. Uh, yeah. uh,
0: Marcus Adams, who's probably not going to get a vote from you. Yep. Um, You look at that game and you go, Jesus Christ, Buddy's kicked six, but he kicked him on Gardner. And then when Adams went to him, Buddy settled down. Yep. Um, Marcus Adams is supreme. Like, he's really good. Playing
1: great football this year. Uh,
0: and <clears throat> it's hard to give a vote to someone in a win that big, but uh, Sam Taylor... Finally, finally was able to take some marks and, and land an some impact. spoils yeah. and not play fresh areas on him.
1: He's second in the league for spoils this year, despite that yeah. one game where he attempted ten and missed them all. Yeah, I
0: think that was just the one we paid the most attention yeah. to. Him. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you go first then.
1: Um, all right, my, my vote one was Jack Sinclair. Fair enough. Uh, sneaking in again, played another really good game. Um, what a slug that was, though. I mean, is Cairns, is that Cairns- we should be playing football at this time of year? I feel like it's not. No, um, that game was a awful awful game of football i don't think there is
0: any port fan even though they've only had two wins this season that's going to want to rewatch that game
1: yeah watching kane corns come out and say it was the worst game we would seen this year watching a team that he clearly is a diehard supporter of win a game of football and literally one-eyed yeah like i <laughs> hate watching them win that that's a big enough statement for me um st kilda and bulldogs have now both sold home games to adelaide teams like bulldogs to ballarat uh, St Kilda to Cairns, and they both lost to South Australian teams. Well, there you go. Potentially sacrificing games realistically for money. Important for the Bulldogs. Very, especially where they're sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, and St Kilda, I mean, they're, they're looking for a top four spot the way they were tracking, and that's, yep. that could be a big loss in terms of the season for no, Team the One who make the eight. Um, but yeah, Jackson Sinclair was really good.
0: Uh, one vote, James Sicily. I don't really need to say much more. Like, we've said it it's just ridiculous every sport. single week of um, this podcast, pretty much.
1: The way he marshals that back line is the difference between where they finished last year and how they're tracking this year. It's
0: crazy how much of a difference just Sam Mitchell's quality coaching and James
1: Sicily in the back line yeah, has affected it's that entire team. Um, playing just really, really good footy. Um, so I totally agree with you. My two was Alex Pierce. Um, Same. Looked really shaky early when Hawkins kicked those two goals in yep. the first five minutes. Had the and worst then just,
0: out on the full you'll ever see. Yeah,
1: and then just clamped it. Yep. Just like locked him down, um, played that game. I think it's the only way you can play Hawkins, which is not back shoulder, mm-hmm. it's on the shoulder. Kept front position, kept back position when he needed it. Just a really masterclass effort on a really good forward.
0: I truly hope he can stay injury free the whole season because he is they, really, he's he's in all Australia. They have, forward. and this
1: is a defenders podcast, so we can say they have the best back line in the competition. I right think, now, absolutely. I think Melbourne benefit from their midfield being really strong and the ball not going in there that much. Fremantle Fremantle's midfield advantage. is not their strongest part of their field. There's a lot of kids in there. There's a lot of youth. Their backline is incredible. Yeah, average is out with Mundy,
0: though. So it goes, It goes to the oldest <laughs> yeah. midfield in the well, AFL. that was exactly...
1: It was like... To the day of his debut was that Geelong game. That like really? Seven, 17 years to the day. Jesus. Um, which is insane because it means that like his football career can almost drink. Um, but yeah, playing really good footy. Such a huge cog, especially with Fife out. He's so important to them. I was 10. With so. <laughs> <laughs> With so many young players in there. Um, but that backline, Cox, Ryan, Pierce. Mm. You look at the rebounders who w- weren't playing, your Chapmans and your Youngs. Uh, Jordan Clark starting to put up Logue. some really good footy. You've forgotten Logue. Logue, incredible again. Um, and then I, I, I was at their uh, waffle game, the Peel waffle game, and remembering that players like Ethan Hughes um, and Connor Blakely uh, and uh, Nathan Wilson are all playing mm-hmm. in the defence there, all played amazing games for Peel and the Waffle, and probably don't have a chance of getting in because they've still got Chapman and Young to come back, so that backline has some serious depth currently. Is this a, is this the perfect moment to say that we're officially a Champion Data sponsored podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my my, my, my sneaky uh, side hustle is working for Champion Data. Um, I cannot tell you anything interesting about data though. I click buttons, and those buttons go on the internet. Button pusher. A button pusher.
0: All right. Uh, we both had Alex Pierce, so you go. Yeah, three votes. and my
1: three votes is one you've already given a vote to uh, James Sicily. Yep, fair enough. Really good. Loved his game. Kept a minute against uh, quality Melbourne side. Mm-hmm. Um, longer than most teams have stayed in games mm-hmm. against them this year. Really good effort. Loved Honestly,
0: it. if I I could have slipped James Sicily anywhere four to one and he would have fit, um, but there are a couple of games I thought were a bit more standout, especially five.
1: Yep, I understand that.
0: Uh, three votes I'm giving to Aaliyah Aaliyah. Um it, When he came back, he was so underdone. And he looked he out of place in that first game Was not only underdone, he was being tagged Which yeah. is the way you should play Aaliyah Aaliyah And he was not tagged by St Kilda in any way, shape he or form He was so good I, Insane I would, I would have
1: given him best on ground He didn't get it in the coach's votes But I, I thought from that game, in a, in a dour affair, he was brilliant
0: He's great to watch too You just see him anywhere near the ball coming in And you're like, ah, oh, he's got that and if he doesn't, he'll be on the second effort on the yeah. ground. for so his a, height a same. great
1: game. He's strong, he's fast. He reads the play super well. Um, and yeah, if you don't make him accountable, mm-hmm. he will destroy you. Yep, 100%. Uh, my That was my four votes, was Illyria earlier. Um, oh, so well, yeah. there you go. into <laughs> that. <laughs> that pretty easy. Uh, my four votes was Adam Sard,
0: who you had an honourable mention for. I watched that game pretty closely, obviously. Uh, he has this knack of when he looks like he's out of a contest, aerially somehow he still makes it. And if there's a ground ball, if he doesn't take it first touch, he will fumble it to himself in a position where he can take it cleanly and get away. There's not many players that can do that. And w- he was literally on fire. I looked at the coach's votes, and I think he got four, and I was
1: like, he is what, in what game were they watching? He's in truly career-best form currently. Um, he's
0: he's as solid defensively as I've ever seen him, yeah. and that's great to see considering how much he was potted for it last season.
1: If I feel like if he hadn't had his ankle injuries last year, mm. which everyone thought he was going to be out for for a few weeks at the start of the year, he and just they just persisted, playing. and it seemed like it was obviously hindering him a bit, because this year he's just come back.
0: Isn't that the story of Carlton last year and
1: this year though? They're not playing the injured players. Yep. So. Yeah, <laughs> actually resting them when they're injured. Yeah, like Cripps missing that game when he probably could have played wouldn't Hewitt. have happened last year. Hugh Kennedy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my five votes was Tom Stewart. Mm, not mine. What a nah, was. ridiculous game. <laughs> like 40 disposals. You um, can discount five of those maybe because you picked up those on the wing, but another 35 <laughs> after moving back into the back line uh, is the only reason Geelong didn't lose by five or more goals.
0: Um, honestly, if Tom Stewart and Mark Blitzarves, um who obviously wasn't playing in defence, yep. so no votes for him, uh, weren't playing that game, Geelong would have lost by 80 points yeah, just for those last three quarters alone. defence,
1: like just spoiling and intercept marking between the both of them, Blikstaff's on the wing and mm-hmm. Stewart in the back line, was just ridiculous. It was a masterclass. Yeah. Um, and I think it was almost credit to Geelong's back line that they didn't lose by more. Um, there are a few moments where Colo I think, panicked under pressure, which he's very liable well, breaking down the nicknames. But I'm not saying the full-collar Dagenie every Dash time I want to Pig. say his name. <laughs> 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 um, but I thought, you know, De Kooning being a young player under that pressure... Again, was really good. That's two weeks in a row. He's played really good football. Um, and then, of course, yeah, uh, just Stewart was just outrageously good.
0: Insane. It's the, probably the best intercept game you'll ever see. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of a better one off the top of when my he head. When he didn't take the
1: marks, they came to ground. And he just ran onto it um, and moved it down the ground. His foot skills were excellent. Just picked out a target almost every time. Which, which something has not that, been good uh, at this year. No, and it was something Geelong couldn't do all day. Um, Freo's defence was just, as we've mentioned, brilliant. And that was a full, full ground press and they couldn't pick out targets and he just managed to find ridiculous targets and run through traffic. It's the, uh, it's the one game he needed to
0: solidify himself for All-Australian. He hasn't played well. No, he's been shaky, oh, yeah. but everyone's been saying he's... This one, Yeah, he's firmed. You it's... can't knock him out.
1: <laughs> Obviously played in the wing last week against North, so that kind of doesn't really talk nah, much about it. His have, week before They that. don't have
0: wings in the All-Australian <laughs> team. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> His week before that was really good. Um, against uh, Hawthorne, mm-hmm. played a really good game then, played another really good game. That's two losses he's played great games in Did he have any injuries or anything pre-season? He had a restricted pre-season because he injured himself before the finals last yeah, year. Yeah, true. So he missed the whole campaign. Um, but he's really found his feet Yeah, he's, he's gotten just... much, much better
0: over the last three weeks. Much, much better. Yeah,
1: um, really good. It's, it's interesting. Um, we've got our little ladder on the website, which we'll update again tomorrow now that we're live. But yep. Frio and Melbourne are one point apart in points against. Melbourne are one point really? better as the best in the comp. Geelong's score on the weekend was the highest score against Frio since round one, and it was 66 points. Jesus. Which is crazy. Um, just, that's a wild effort. Mm. They've let, I think, three teams kick 10 goals more more against them. And they're not playing a boring Ross Lyon style. No, doing it's, it's it a either. genuine, rebounding, exciting game. And they're winning, obviously, on the weekend. They didn't, but they're winning by reasonably considerable margins in a lot of games. Um, even ones like the Carlton game where it didn't feel like that big of a, mm-hmm. a gap between the teams, they won by six goals. So yeah. when you can put that kind of season together, you're very likely to finish top four because you're not just going to have the wins, the percentages there. They're the only team right now that...
0: Oh, Melbourne, I'm not counting Melbourne when I say only team because they're just a step above the rest. They're the only team that is playing both sides. They're yes. playing the attacking style. They're playing the defensive style incredibly. Sydney don't have the mix perfect yet. Brisbane are all attack. Um, yep. and they can be outdone.
1: Brisbane can be cut apart, yep. um, as we've seen a couple of times this year, whether it's just been for quarters or for games they've lost. Um, you can see in the teams lower down. Hawthorne, Sydney's, Sydney's uh, starts are really poor. Um, Sydney keep letting teams have the first 10 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. of the game. Um, it happened against Hawthorne. all kicked the first five, and obviously Sydney dominated that game after that, but it was still a close game until 10 minutes to go. Um, it happened against Brisbane again. They let Brisbane run away, and that was it. They'd never got caught yep. back up. Um, Despite Buddy Franklin's... Best effort. Just, just, he's, it's ridiculous at that age that he can keep doing the things he does. And obviously his body's not holding up the way it was. But I think he'll play out the whole season. Did you hear it might be his last game in Tasmania ever? Oh, wow. Did you see that? <laughs> what an effort. <laughs> um, maybe they can trade him to North when they move them down as a marquee player. Not happening.
0: <laughs> he'll play until he's 84.
1: Um, on the note of... Uh, we mentioned earlier that I was obviously at the Waffle game on the weekend. Uh, on the yes. note of Defenders... I would like to see West Coast play Bazzo this week. I think he's been... They're going to have to. They don't have any players left. They don't have any players left. But he's been talked about a lot all year and it's been surprising to me he hasn't played yet considering how plagued they've been with COVID and injuries and mm-hmm. form. He was very close to their best. Definitely their best defender um, in that game on the weekend. And it baffles me he's not in that AFL side that is struggling.
0: Um, I think I think persisting with Edwards is a, a good thing. Oh, I think Edwards the will be future. a player. Absolutely. I think both of those Edwards... I don't know. Are they related? I don't know. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of them's related to the Edwards from Adelaide.
0: Oh, okay. I know that much. Well, there you don't go. know if they both are. Um, but yeah, I think Edwards is worth persisting with. But while Barras is out, if you can have... Wait. Yeah, if you can have McGovern, Bazo and Edwards. Yes. And build. Like, McGovern's not going to be there forever. I think,
1: I think that's a, an issue that West Coast have found themselves in. Like, a lot of teams, when they head towards that rebuild path, Hawthorne tried it and failed. Um... But other teams find a way to trade out some of the not quite past their best players to bring in picks to rebuild with. Whereas I think West Coast have found themselves where your Kennedys and your McGoverns and even your Nui's are all past that point mm-hmm. where they've got any trade value. Where they are going to have to do a proper use your picks rebuild. I think Hawthorne did a really good job of it. They've, they've just gone to the draft. They tried to trade out Wingard a couple of years ago. Um, they tried to offload Bruce and Gunston They shopped around Bruce and Gunston And someone else, Mitchell um, Yeah, with, with no buyers And they've gone to the draft with their picks four mm-hmm. years in a row uh, Other than some maybe late ones have done you know, swaps for but And it's worked well for them Their, their young players look really good they but do. I, think, I think that's the situation West Coast are finding themselves in But there's also the, um,
0: the fact that Hawthorne are deliberately picking those players and backing them in yes. Whereas West
1: Coast are being forced to play them yeah. And not even in positions they should be in sometimes. I think there will um, be games at the end of this year with West Coast where they will have some good wins at home when they've got all the experience back. It's just very unlucky for them that at this point of the year, when they've suffered through all those injuries, they've played Gold Coast, North Melbourne and yeah. Port Adelaide. Port, Port Adelaide, Adelaide I think, will we'll pick up. Yeah. Um, but they've played those three teams who everyone has beaten, um, who's been a finals chance. West Coast played Gold Coast in Perth. Um and lost to them for, you know, I think only the second time ever, it's um, a situation where they would have preferred to have these games later mm-hmm. and get out of the way the losses to Melbourne and Brisbane and Sydney, which they've got Sydney. They lost to Sydney and Fremantle, which is probably fine for them, but... It's just the luck of the draw. Yeah, and they, they've copped it this year.
0: Like Essendon's start of the season, everyone was saying, you know, they're playing the top sides, they are going to come good, and I think it broke them. Like Yeah, and, they and are also, broken. <laughs>
1: some of those sides aren't... Necessarily going to be the top. I they lost Western Bulldogs this mm-hmm. week, who obviously made the grand final last year, but they might not even make the eight this year. I think um, they're the
0: one with the most chance.
1: Yeah, out of outside of the eight right now. And look, they beat Adelaide, which shows that's probably where they're at. I think, isn't it? I think they're in that middle patch, and they have really just played Brisbane, Geelong, they barely beat Adelaide, they barely beat Adelaide, but Adelaide's in that middling spot as well, yeah. by the looks of it. But yeah, they have played, as we have mentioned, your Brisbane, your Geelongs, those kinds of teams, and mm-hmm. lost to them, which you'd expect on paper. Mm-hmm. But they've also lost to the teams that. Do we see them in there? So it's, it's going to be an interesting year for them. They're just in an eternal rebuild or a just an eternal <laughs> rollover. It's never really been a rebuild. They keep bringing in the talent and trading out talent for picks and using those picks, and it feels like it's been 10 years of that. It's it's kind of just a, a cycle, and I want to know what your opinion is because we haven't talked about this yet on uh, Dylan Shill being dropped and then, and then being the sub. <laughs> it was weird. It was like... Um, a similar thing happened on the weekend with Gaff, where he was left out because he wasn't quite right, but then named as a sub, and you wonder, he could come on in the first five minutes. That one's a little different, because I think they wanted to leave Gaff out
0: to, to rest him. Yeah. Whereas then Dylan Scheel was dropped. dropped. Supposedly. Like, he was told, you're not good enough defensively, yeah, you need to work on your game does, in the twos.
1: It does kind of dampen the message, doesn't it? Like, did, did Rutten go home and go, oh, I was a bit, bit rude to Dylan today. Maybe I'll make him the sub on the weekend. He's not doing anything Is Dylan Scheel a sub player? Like, is he the player you want that can cover all spots on the ground, like...
0: Look, I wouldn't be opposed... No, his quicking is not that good. I was going to say I wouldn't be opposed to him trying some time on half-back, but I wouldn't trust his all the kicking. Coming off. I could do it at half-forward, he can do midfield. If he has to play a wing, he can play a wing. But I wouldn't trust him down-back
1: currently. Um, Speaking of down-back, and obviously that's what this podcast is about, oh yeah, I, I about think that. that is kind of where gonna have a lot of trouble. I think their back line... Ridley is a very good footballer, but he's having to wear, wear a lot of the load. He's their intercept. He had a he had a great game this week. Yeah. And I think Redmond is, is also a very solid defender. Redmond's really Redman, come on in spades. Redmond would look really good in a team that had a quality back line. Mm-hmm. But I think those two are just trying to carry so much load around small midfielders and outside players and forwards they're trying to make into defenders, mm-hmm. that backline just needs a lot of help. Um, do you think and I Nick, don't know where they get it from. Do you think Nick Cox could play defence?
0: They've tried it. Do you think no but I think you th- do you think if they gave him enough time there like As train like a, him there a running in the preseason, type player. Yeah, i I think it could work. Yeah, I, but they, he's they not, want him. He's not doing well on the wing. No, and I know he's young. It's his yes. second season. Yes, he had a good first season. Not, to, I'm not, I'm not potting the bloke at all. But there comes a point, you know, whatever. Seven rounds in, you've
1: won one game.
0: That's you rough. gotta, you gotta try something.
1: That is rough, actually. They're in a bad spot. Yeah. Did you see the uh, the Australian uh, newspaper on the weekend left West Coast off the ladder? Really? Just didn't print it. Just went down <laughs> to north. That was it. A lot of stops. No west coast. <laughs> you know what? I I know a west coast fan that would have preferred. I, th- I it that think way. there's a few. Yeah, that'd be like that's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. They're um they're on track for the trifecta. They they won the AFL women's wooden spoon this year. Uh, their waffle team has also oh. won. Uh, I don't know if they've won a game yet. And the AFL teams won one game. So. Should really be looking up these real, stats before you spit them. Real piece of history. What if they too. have won a game? What if they won a game? Well, they certainly didn't on the weekend. It was uh, <laughs>
0: they got doubled. Uh, all right, I, uh, I have a new little segment which Ooh. I wanted to air two weeks ago, yep. um, but couldn't because I had COVID and slept for four days. It was great.
1: Loved. I hated all of it.
0: <laughs> you remember when I was just drinking Hydrolite exclusively, <laughs> <laughs> just leaving my room, drinking a Hydrolite, going back to bed? <laughs> I went through a lot of Maximus uh, that Good week. Times. Um, so Joe Watson, Essendon legend, no brown medals. Uh He's bad at words Jobisms uh, Jobisms And uh, he said something about Luke Jackson in round five Yep um, He said You don't expect a forward to be this good this early Usually it takes a forward three or four years And this is
1: his third year <laughs> <laughs> That's just, very good <laughs> That's very good I um It's just
0: He astounds me sometimes He's it's his standus operandus His standus operandus <laughs>
1: That's the best one. It's it's fascinating. Um, it's hard It's hard to talk, though. Like, I've already stuffed up a couple of words yeah. on this podcast. Oh, and commentary as well. Like, you've got to be going with the game and that yeah. kind of thing. But it's just we keep trying to put footballers in there mm-hmm. and not commentators. And it's not even the kind of footballers that you see that
0: are good at speaking. Like... Regardless of what happens for the rest of his mm. career, I think if Sam Doherty doesn't go into coaching, he could yep. easily be on panel shows yes. or be boundary writing. Phil Davis, Patrick Phil Phil Davis, Field, those 100%. kinds of players are
1: great at talking in all situations. And then you get your Joe Watsons who doesn't own a TV and doesn't like public speaking <laughs> as a commentator.
0: It's just a bit of nepotism really, isn't it? It's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nothing against... Uh, a little bit against Job for the... the
1: I do, I do wonder where that comes from, right? Because you look at your... And people obviously potted McAvaney a lot throughout his career, but his commentary at least flowed really well. Any other sport he did, he also was It was exciting. Um, you look at even Brayshaw, despite the annoyance people have with his voice, commentates the football, Hudson, Waitley. These blokes who are actually commentators and are trained mm. in media do a phenomenal job. But then we put half of the commentary box, sometimes the entire commentary box, is former footballers calling the game. Sometimes it's fine. Um, I feel like they're more often than not the ones you hear complaints about.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, obviously, BT, top BT, of the BT, Richardson. Nick Rewald has his moment. Dermy gets. Dermy.
1: I'm it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fine. They're just but commentating, they're not hurting anyone. I enjoyed a few weeks ago during the Geelong North game, and look, I can't blame the commentators for being bored. I was. I was walking around the house, pottering about, kind of looking at the TV, going, oh, that's good. He commented on the amount of headbands out there and the hairstyles, and I was like, Dermy, you had a permed mullet (laughs) for 10 years. Like, it was clearly done reasonably frequently because it was lush. I'm not sure you're the man who should be commenting on modern hairstyles for being strange and different. He's a little peacock of a man. He is, he is. He loves those salmons and pinks. He used to have the perm. Yeah. it It was a weird one. Um, I do like that commentators really love to talk about anything but football mm-hmm. half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sick of hearing about Dustin Martin who hasn't even played yet coming back. Yeah. Um, the the media just loves to talk about it, and I, I guess it, it it gets clicks. But I think for people <laughs> who don't care, it it's like the opposite effect. Like well, the just, game the game's better when Dustin Martin's
0: playing, regardless of his absolutely issues off field. Like. It's better when he's playing. Like, you watch Dustin Martin tear apart a game and you go, jeez, that guy's that guy great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a traumatic <laughs> witnessing of that in the, in the grand final in 2020 and, and he just took the game away on his own. And there's not many players that can do it the way he does it. Mm-hmm. Just with power and determination and... And a couple of high fend-offs. <laughs> a couple of high fend-offs just break someone's windpipe. That's
0: a good, that's a good topic. What do you think about the high fend-off?
1: It's baffling. It's not paid more often. I think umpires just get caught up in what's going on, but it happens. I reckon, I reckon one in three fend offs is high. Ah, mm. oh, one in three is low. And they're just never paid. Never. Amazing. I just I've never understood it. It's 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 if the head is saying... Sacrosanct. Sacrosanct. Is that yep. what they say? Yeah.
0: I'm not a wordsmith. Um, it's not five letters. It's not in my word. A <laughs> <order. laughs> yeah, really good Scrabble word though. <laughs> yeah. Sacrosanct. Um. If the head is sacrosanct, oh, I'm not even going to say that anymore, um, why is it fine for you just be, with someone coming at you full force and you pushing away from them with your hand? For example, Ed Curnow, broken windpipe mm-hmm. from Dustin Martin. No free called. He sub, subbed out of the game, yep. or if there was no sub back in that day, I don't remember, he was just off. Yep. He missed so much footy Yeah, he missed that. several
1: weeks. Um, um,
0: and there's a lot of acts on the football field that just don't, Get quite the punishment they deserve. Yes, um, but I'm not going to get too far into that. My
1: my current crusade, um, and it might remain it for the rest of the year, is the ball up. Um, I think. Oh,
0: get rid of the bounce only. Oh, bounce once at the start of the yeah, game. Yeah, or every, even at the start, start of, of each, each quarter,
1: quarter. I'm fine with that because that's the moment, that's the bounce. But like, and the clock doesn't start until it's been a successful bounce at the start of each quarter. Yep. Because I think in 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 some games where you see. And if you added it up through a whole quarter, Mm -hmm. you'd lose a minute of play sometimes because five seconds gets called back and five seconds gets called back in a high-scoring game. You don't want another siren if every second bounce gets recalled. You're losing so much football, and especially in an exciting game. It's just and it's
0: it's inhibiting to the development of female umpires as well. Yes, Um, because
1: if they're forced to bounce it, and there's a few that can't, there's a a few players, umpires in the waffle who do a great job. mm -hmm. um, Some of the better umpires going around, but they basically can't bounce it, Um, and they'll spend a quarter in the middle, and it just is wasting so much time, they'll move to the forward 50 instead of... Yeah, it's,
0: it, it's pointless. And I want to say at least 50% of the time, it just goes completely it always one way.
1: Favours, even when it's a correct correct bounce, most of the time it favours one Ruckman. And sometimes they don't even call them back. No.
0: And they're just like, well, it's too hard. It's been bounced, so I'm just going to leave it. And you, it's all the way over the other side. It's such a strange part of that it. game. Um, it's just tradition, isn't it? Yeah. You can't get rid of tradition. I love that.
1: I miss the... Uh, it's another one I noted. For
0: everyone that's not watching the podcast, we both just rolled right. our eyes very hard. <laughs> <laughs> Eyebrows up, eyes back.
1: Um, another one I miss, and this is 10s uh, negotiating getting the footy back, so I hope they bring it back when they do, uh, if they get the footy back, um, is the count-up clock at the end of quarters. Five there's been a warning. few games in the last few weeks where teams have stormed back into it, kicked like five goals in the last 10 minutes, and you can see there's six seconds left at the last bounce. Like, you you go, oh, okay, so no one can win. If you see the clock reading 32-23 and it's red and the ball's about to be bounced and it's three points to score, your investment in that game is so much higher. I think I would have had several heart attacks this season. Yeah, the, I, the, <laughs> the Carlton game, absolutely, the, the Hawthorne game and the Port game. The but, Port game, especially, um, with Hewitt
0: throwing his arms out.
1: <laughs> obviously, the, uh, the St Kilda Port game on the weekend would have had it. Yep. The Geelong-Frio game on the weekend would have had yep. it. The Bulldogs game last week against Adelaide would have had it. The Frio Adelaide, Adelaide, Adelaide game would have had it. There's so many games. Every this year Adelaide that, game, apparently, yeah, is, <laughs> playing tight ones. Because there's if so, so many games GWS. this year that would have been improved for a viewing experience at home in terms of excitement, even as a, a neutral supporter, by that count up clock rather than a count down clock because it just adds that extra drama. Um, it's just I think an aspect that's missing, and it used to be so much fun not mm. knowing how much time was left. That those grand finals, the yep. Freo, oh, so the West Coast Sydney grand finals with the count up clock. Did they have the count up clock? In the uh, Matty Scarlett flick up. The toe poke? Yes. Yeah. The count up clock. When Max Rook took that mark yeah. inside 50 and then the siren went no one. Yeah. Amazing. It's a great game. I remember watching that. Yeah. It's, it's, the scoreboard doesn't do that justice because it was two goals in the end. No. But Rook kicked that goal after the siren. Mm-hmm. And the game was over. Um. But Yeah. Bring up bring back the countback clock, count up clock. That's my my wish. <laughs> countdown clock. Count. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> That's my wish. Uh, if we get a new broadcaster, I think it just improves football. Every time someone takes a set shot, they play the countdown
0: clock. <laughs> <laughs> i prefer the Jeopardy music. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I think that one would frustrate me more. Ben
1: Brown walking
0: in with the Jeopardy music playing <laughs> just like ends. 30 seconds of Jeopardy music.
1: <laughs> you know what, you've won me over, I'll take that. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, we've had a pretty good time, I think. We managed to get through a lot of votes. Uh, we got some Jobisms in. <laughs> we're also exhausted. If I because... hear more Jobisms, they will be here. Oh, we're going to have to start writing them down. I can't wait. <laughs> it's um, so funny. The post-COVID exhaustion is real. Uh, being from Western Australia, we, you know, didn't know that many people that had it. The people we knew over to had it, had it kind of mild. We both got floored by it and were exhausted weeks later. I try and do a menial task, like walking around the shopping centre. I need a nap. Um, but we are back... Uh, and unfortunately also working but that means we'll be doing the podcast again uh, next week looks like nah, an interesting week media will get us media will get us a so, yeah, new one let's go fingers crossed <laughs> uh, but thanks for joining us once again on the back pocket did you uh, ever say your name are you still jordan clark i'm still jordan clark ah oh. love it <laughs> <laughs> i said jordan clark was really good in the third person from that perspective too he would <laughs> I don't know Jordan Clark. He's really nice, Jordan. (laughs) He's quite humble, actually.
0: All right, sorry, Jordan. See you later.